and the grace of God that labored with my labor. Right? So, there's a scripture where Jesus says, Jesus says, the works that I do is not me that do it, but the Father who is doing the work. So, you say you are working, but you say you are not working. That's what Jesus is saying. You say the works that I do, the works that I do is not me that's doing it. But you just said you're doing it. So, what is he saying? He's saying that when I work, the Father is also in the work. Right? So, if I work and my Father is not in the work, then it is vanity. Then it's useless. It's a waste of time. But, if the Father wants to work and I don't work, then he's unable to work. Because I'm resisting, I'm blocking him. But if me and him are in agreement, in oneness, and we flow together, and when he moves me and I work, the work that I'm actually doing is not me, yet I have to work, but it is not me, it's the Father that's working in my work. So he says, I labored. He, he says, I labored, I worked, right? But yet, while I was working, the grace of God was working with me. Right? So, this is where I told you, work it. Work it, right? You care, there, there is, and it's just like that, you will not become what you should become, right? Without grace. And the way I explained it was, I'm just doing a quick recap. The way I explained that was, that when you have a talent for a sport or something that you're just simply born with, Right? You, that is the free gift. Nobody worked for that, right? But you, even though you have the talent or that gift, you will never become, right, what you, are, what you could become unless you work the talent, right? And so what many times happens is that we work on the, we work on the grace that is salvation, that is free, that is without work. Right? Because you are saved by grace, right? Without works, but through faith. And that not of yourselves. There's nothing that you have done, right? But Paul is not talking about his salvation. He's talking about who he is in Christ. Right? This is, he's not talking about that. He's talking about what he has achieved in Christ. It came by labor. But the labor that was at work was the grace of God in his labor. <clears throat> Are you all understanding that, right? So, you know that without a talent, and I, and I explained it to you that if I never had the talent for tennis, I, would have, I could have never have been a uh, uh, Namibian tennis player, number one, or uh, play Davis Cup and travel and so on, because if I didn't have the talent for it, I could... Try all my, I could go get a tennis coach, <clears throat> excuse me, I get a tennis coach, I can get the racket, the shoes, the clothes, I can have the style, I can have everything, but I don't have the talent, I cannot become a professional tennis player, right? So, God's gift to you is to give grace to you for what you are to become in Him. Your gift is to labor with what God has given you. 
right? And that's where we and that's where we sometimes get confused is because we don't labor with what God has given me so that I can become and be all that I must be by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there are various kinds of graces that we must that we must see and, and unless we see that there are various kinds of graces we will not know how to engage the grace of God, work with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So, there is a grace that you must labor with. Labor with. Labor. It, it labors, right? So, a simple example is, is <clears throat> let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Just want to give you an example. In verses, in verses seven. Ephesians four verse seven it says, "But unto each one of us grace was given, according to the measure of the gift of Christ." Okay, so the gift of Christ. So what are those gifts? Wherefore he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Right? So here's the gifts. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles okay so he gave gifts unto men what did he give to men apostles prophets evangelists some pastors and teachers right so those gifts that were given to men here in this context we are not talking about the gifts of the spirit we are talking about the fivefold gift apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher those graces now these were the gifts that were given according to the measure. It was a grace given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Are you all with me? Are you all with me? Right? Okay. So, remember he says, grace was given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And he gave gifts unto men. What did he give? Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Right? So, what, what you need to see then that those five things are a grace that is given that has become a gift to the men. Right? Now, these are different kinds of graces that is at work within those people and through those people. Right? Different graces. So, so here we are not talking about your salvation. Right? We are not talking about your salvation. We are talking about now graces that was given to do that was for your benefit. Right? Verses 12. They were given why? For the equipping of the saints... For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay? So you must actually, later on, work me out of a work. Because you must take over the ministry. (laughs) 
the ministry, you must do the ministry, right? But anyway, so these five things, these graces, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, were given, why? For the equipping of the saints. It was grace given that builds, that edifies. But it works through those five graces that was given as gifts unto men. The whole point here is that there are different kinds of graces. Right? Tell the person you there are different kinds of graces. Okay. Ask the person, did you see that? Different kinds, different kinds, manifold grace, various kinds of graces. And so, many in, in the larger church, we are very focused on the grace that when we got saved, I'm saved by grace. It's not by works. It's Yes, and I say amen, right? Justification does not come by work. It does not come, you can't earn points to be saved. You can't do, you can't go to church to be saved, right? You can't uh, preach the gospel to be saved. Go preach so that one day you make sure you go to heaven. You are saved by grace without work, by faith in Jesus Christ. But we are now not talking about that grace. We are talking about a different grace that comes in Christ, that comes, not, that comes to build you. Equip you. And how do you work with that grace? Okay, so my point here today is not the fivefold grace. I'm just giving you an example of different kinds of graces. So that we can understand this concept in the Bible when they talk about the administration of grace. If we know that there are different kinds, then we can understand how we can steward grace. Right? Put up... First Peter chapter 4 verses 10 again. First Peter chapter 4. Okay, it says here, As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to a another as good stewards of the manifold the various kinds the different kinds of grace of god right and what must you do you must steward it right so the grace of god is under your stewardship can you see that you are the steward of grace so, work it. If you are the steward of grace, you must work it. God is not the steward of your grace. You are the steward of the grace of God. But if you understand the various kinds of graces and what you have received, then you will understand what you should be doing. Are you all with me? Okay? Various kinds of graces that we must understand, right? Understand different kinds of graces. And, and these graces, there's a response, there's things that we must do. But let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 because we are under the topic of poverty. Okay. 1 
Corinthians chapter 16 and verses 1. Um, I'm just setting this foundation and we'll go. My aim is not to finish the message. My aim is just to go as far as we go. And then we'll pick it up again. Okay? So, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verses 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints. Okay? So, the offering, we are going to take up an offering for saints. Right? Okay? This is now, he's now um, talking about a literal offering. Okay? Are you all with me? Uh, As I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. Next one. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. So here he's explaining to them what they should do with the collection, when they should take it up, and so on. On the first day of the week, he prescribed that this is the way they should do it. The first day of the week, right? Let each one put aside Storing up as God has prospered him, that there be no collections when I come. So, are we under the understanding that there there is a collection, there is an offering, there is something that is being gathered here for others? Amen? Okay, verses 3. Verses 3. And when I come, whomsoever you shall approve by your letters, right? He said, them will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. This one says, gift, I like that one, gift, it's a, it's a good translation. <clears throat> so, so col- get the collection together, bring it, and when I come, we are going to choose somebody, right, to, to whom we're going to give this offering of yours, okay, right, and we're going to, Put that offering in that person's hands. And then we are going to send that man as an EFT. Right? He's going to be the, the electronic transfer. What's it? Elec- How do you say? EF? Yeah, electronic funds transfer. That's right. Yeah. It almost sounded so wrong. It's a, he's going to be the EFT that's going to carry your gift because there's nothing like that, and he's going to go with that offering, that collection, and he's going to take it to its destination, to the people for whom it was, right? And, when, and, and obviously you know that if we're going to have such a person, we must have somebody that's faithful, right? Okay? We, we don't want somebody to go with the offering and end up on a holiday, with our offerings, right? No, no, no. We want, we want the EFT to work, right? The right destination. We don't want it to get lost somewhere there in the airwaves or whichever, right? Whomever you approve by your letters, we will send to bear your gift. So, here is the offering, okay? So, let's say you didn't give money, you just gave, no, I want to bless I see there's a brother in somewhere in the, ch- in the church doesn't have a phone, but, you know, we said we should collect for the saints. I just want this phone to go to that person, right? Now, Elvin is looking at me with, he's uh, ready for this phone here. <laughs> I just, uh, as I was talking about the phone, I just say, he starts smiling. <laughs> just like. 
Sukje my phone, bro. Right? So, he said, this offering that you've collected, he says, it is a gift. Right? But the Greek word for gift here is the Greek word charis. What is charis? Grace. Where you read, by grace are you saved. The Greek word for grace there is charis. When Jesus was full of grace, Greek word charis. Right? So he says, so this phone that I give as an offering is now no longer just seen as a phone, it's seen as grace. Why? Because whenever you give something in the spirit of grace, what you have given in the eyes of God is not a phone. You gave grace. Right? So, though grace is free, undeserved, no one forced, pressured you, right? No one, it is from your own heart, your own, you have determined by your own heart what you are going to give, and there was no pressure from anybody, right? And what happened was, you determined in your own heart and you gave freely. And when you gave, when I give it freely, I was not expecting it back. Right? I was not looking for a return. But you cannot give grace and not get a return. Right? So, when you received grace, salvation... Right? What happened was, he also got a son out of you. Right? So grace always works. So what is he saying? He is now saying that, that the way that we must see how we handle our offerings and the gifts and sometimes food that we would give to people or clothes that we would send to people or just a... Uh, 200 Namibian dollars that you would send to someone because maybe they weren't able to buy food. All of that you must see as grace if you give it in the spirit of grace. Right? That's why in the New Testament they teach more about giving than about asking for money. So that you can, so that the people can have the freedom to give. Right? That's why the book of Timothy will say, Charge them that are rich, that they may may be rich in good words, good works, ready to communicate, ready to distribute. It did not say, um, Speak to those who do not have a lot, so they can talk to the rich, so that the rich can give to them. It didn't say that. It said, As a good preacher and a minister of the gospel, speak to those who are well off and tell them, Right? Be ready to give. So it must be something that must come freely from their heart, but they must have an understanding. Right? So, what we see is this, that we must become stewards of grace. Are you all with me now? Right? 
stewards of grace. Steward of grace. So, so now we can see that grace is now more than just being saved. It also has to do with what I do. Are you all with me? Okay. So, as a good steward of grace, you must also understand that when you give grace, when there is really that desire in your heart to give grace, what then happens is that, is that the, the, the offering has in it something that can uh, have an effect upon the person that's receiving it. Because we are working with grace. And so, I, let, let me give you an example. So, when the Lord first explained to me this, so then I was on this mission of, where can I give? Who can I give? I just want to give. Okay? Not ju- I, I wasn't just... So, let me also just say before I continue with that testimony. I am not now specifically when I say give. Don't just think money. Well, because many times that's what happens with us. When we say give, then we think automatically money. But it is whatever you do because we must be givers. Givers, right? So, uh, but many times we are more takers than givers. You didn't come and greet me. You see, we are takers. Wendell, why don't you go give a greet in the spirit of grace? Make the person feel so welcome. Go give grace. Right? So, grace, when I say give, I'm not necessarily just talking about money, but we're going to go there and talk about that, right? But I'm explaining this to you. So, so when I started to see this, so if somebody phoned me, and, and we were talking, then I said, can I just pray for you? I want to give you a prayer. So then I'll pray. And now I'm praying, and the person on the other side of the phone, they're starting to weep, starting to cry. They experience God. Okay. Now, so then I would do that. I just want to encourage you. I just want to give an encouragement. So now I'm giving an encouragement. And now while I'm encouraging, with all the joy and the freedom and the... And the um, excitement and with, I'm, I'm encouraging you and I don't want you to praise me. I don't want you, I'm not looking for anything in return. All I'm looking for is to be a blessing to you. Yeah, Smithy, let me encourage you. And as I give grace, what happens was the other ex- person experiences grace. You can bring someone into an, an encounter with God because grace, as I've said to you before, is the very substance that God is made up of. It's a substance. It is something that you can be full of. Jesus was full of grace. There was a substance inside of him that he was carrying. And that grace he distributed unto us. Right? As he was living in the earth. Now, so as I was looking for this, then it was in the time of COVID. And um, so I was always looking for opportunities. And the Lord said to me, it's not the time for you to live luxuriously. It is the time for you to look to give and to help the brothers and so on. 
So I said, okay, fine. Ons gaan nie nou lekker lewe nie, ons, we just gonna look to give. So immediately, when I got money, if, if I got maybe like a 5,000, my first thought was, okay, I'm going to take a portion, and a portion I'm going to give. So, and then I would look for opportunities to give, and when I hear somebody something, then I would say, Esau, right? Okay, and then I would give. And so there was, there was um, uh, someone that, that, that in the time of COVID, their salary got cut in half, so they couldn't live anymore in the apartment. They had to get a small apartment, but they were living with somebody else. And while they were living with somebody else, they, their salary could cut that, but now it couldn't make it, so they had to go because the salary was cut in half. So, and because they were, li- were living with somebody else, they didn't need furniture because the other person had the furniture. So you didn't have things like fridges and, and those type of things. So, uh, so when I heard that they were moving, I said, no. And we spoke and the person said, no, you know, I don't have these things. And I left it with my mom and so on. Um, and then one of the things they mentioned was they don't have a fridge. So I said, I thought to myself, I'm going to buy this person a fridge. And, um, uh, and thankfully we have an uncle in the furniture business. Right? <laughs> Michael Schumacher, no, <laughs> right, um, Michael Coleman, and I said, Michael, right, uh, I want to buy this person a fridge, but they don't know I'm buying them a fridge, and this is what I've decided in my own heart, and I want you, <clears throat> uh, is there not a, a, a price, I hope I'm not getting him into trouble here now, you're all looking for better, I want to be a blessing to this person, and I'm want, looking to buy them a fridge. And he said, okay, what are you looking to give? I said, no, okay, uh, 3,500. Let's go there. <clears throat> then he said, okay. So he got me a good fridge for a good price, right? And, um, and, then, and then the day that the person moved into the flat, <clears throat> the fridge came there through the door. The person started weeping. And the person said, it's been a while since I've encountered God that way. Because when you distribute grace, you are putting in, you see, in the offering is the spirit of grace. So God wants us to administrate grace, not just money. So you're giving money, but you're not giving grace. That's why all giving in the New Testament is done in that spirit of grace. Freely. You know? You understand? It must be done from that practice. So he is saying here, he is saying here, your offering has become grace. And when your offering becomes grace, it has, the, it has that ability now to bring somebody else into an encounter with God. Right? It, it causes them to experience grace and to encounter the goodness of God. Right? Are you all with me? You know, so, and, and that person for a few days was just spending time with God in that presence of the Lord. Right? And so, what I'm saying to you is that we, we have to understand that there are various kinds of graces that we are working with. We are stewards of the grace of our Lord. 
And you know what, what happened? I just experienced, and, and uh, you know, I've, uh, I've shared it, but it, it was at that time that the Lord was speaking to me about this. And all, all that happened was, the more I gave, the more I was able to give. Right? Now, I remember I said to you that this is not a substitute for work. You must work. Now, I'm not talking about working the grace. I'm talking about job. Right? You must work. Right? It's not a substitute. But you can bring grace into what you do. Are you all with me? Okay. So, let's go now to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verses 1. Okay. So, when Paul wrote to the Corinthians. So, here... He's, this is a letter to the Corinthian church, the church in Corinth, right? He was writing this letter to them from Macedonia, right? And from there, and the church and the, the, the churches, and he speaks of the churches of Macedonia, right? So, and, and part of the places that he went to in Macedonia was Thessalonica, which is where the Thessalonians are. The Philippian church was there. And then this also speaks of the Bereans, which you read in the book of Acts, that when Paul came there and he preached to them the things concerning Jesus, that he was the Christ, they went and, the Bible says, and they were more noble than, than all men. And they went and searched the scriptures to see that this that Paul is saying, is it true? And they said, no, it is true. And they believed, right? Those were the Bereans. They are in Macedonia, right? It's like saying uh, Wolfish Bay, Swakopmund, and Vintuk is in Namibia. This, the Philippians and the Thessalonians and the Bereans was in Macedonia. So, so what we do is you should actually read the book of Philippians. You should actually read the book of Thessalonians and get a, you know, just look for a, a little like a, and an account of what's happening there in the Philippians church in that area so that you can understand what he's speaking to them because he's now going to tell them, he says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on or in the churches of Macedonia. Right? So the word bestowed means there was given grace. Grace was there. And Paul says, I'm here in Macedonia, and I'm hearing some stuff there in Corinth, and I want to now write a letter to you. And I'm, as I'm in Macedonia, I am experiencing, seeing something here, and I want to explain to you, what am I seeing here? And what I'm seeing, and he speaks, and he says, it's the grace of God, and I want you to know, right? He says... I, we make known to you the grace of God, which is given, bestowed in the churches of Macedonia. I want to explain it to you. I want you to know, right? I don't want you to be ignorant of what's happening here in Macedonia. It's like me writing to, to Malawi and say, I'm here in Namibia and I'm seeing something. Guys, uh, let's write to, let me get a Zoom meeting and tell them, listen, what is happening here? I want you guys to know what's happening here. Because you can also live in it. Right? And so, um, the grace of God. And then verses 2. Verses 2. 
that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Right? He says these guys were like, wow, they were in such difficulties, such trouble and affliction and resistance and, and, and things that were coming their way. Yet, in that, the grace of God was producing great joy. And so, grace is seen. I want you to know the grace. And how do I know there's grace here? I can see it. How is it that you are having the toughest time of your life, but there's a smile on your face? Joy. Ooh, there's a grace here that's working. And then he says, and they had deep poverty. Right? The word, another translation will say extreme poverty. Right? The word deep there is for the depth of the ocean. Deep poverty. Right? And he says, but in that place, they were giving. Now their giving was literal giving. It was not just, we're talking about they gave offerings. Right? And it says, in their deep poverty, it abounded unto the riches of their liberality. How is it that you are in such a place, but yet you are more free in giving, and you give more than most people who have more than you have? Right? Are, are you all with me? He says, I can see the grace here. And because I see something is working, he says, the Corinthian church, I want you to know something. I want you to know something. And the reason why he's doing it is if we read, if we read in verses, let's go down to verses 9. We'll jump back just now. For you, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become Rich, right? So, and then verses 10. And in this I give advice. It is to your... It is to your... Well, I can't hear you. It's to your... Say it's to my advantage. To take the advice. Verses, go back to verses 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you through His poverty might become, might be made rich. Right? So what is He saying? There's, a, there's something that Jesus is doing. He has it. And then what He does is He distributes. He empties. But like I said to you last week, how many of you know if he empties, he's full again? There is no end to the grace of God. Right? There, the Bible talks about the, uh, the abundance of grace. The Bible talks about the riches of his grace. Right? So there is 
an unending grace that is available in God. So here where Jesus emptied himself so that the one who doesn't have grace, he gave to him grace. The one who was experiencing poverty so that he could give grace. And so what, 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 is the, what must you do with grace? You must give. Grace is not for yourself. Grace was given firstly to save you and enrich you, but from there to distribute grace. That's why the book of Ephesians chapter 3 says this. If you know the grace of God that was given to me for you. Right? Let's read that one. We'll just come. Because we establish everything with Scripture. Okay, Ephesians chapter 3, we'll come back there just now, alright, verses, verses, let's read from verses 1 and 2, Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 1 to it says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me, given to me, for you. So you have received grace for others. Now the now the selfish behavior is poverty, poverty mindset. The poverty mindset. You see, we don't understand how deep poverty works in you. The physical poverty that you experience works itself into your mind and into your heart. That even when you are physically well off, it's affecting you in other areas. If you are too quickly offended, it's because you are self-centered. You have to be a distributor of grace. You have to focus Take the focus off of yourself and give. Right? You should be coming to say, Yo, I could smile and encouragement. I could for daily prayer. I could for Diana $50. I gave this one a prophecy. I, I prayed for that when I picked up something was happening. When I came to this person, I saw he was lonely. So I gave him a hug freely. I gave grace. But we are constantly in a place where, when are you going to come visit me? When are you going to come and, when are you going to come and greet me? When are you going to come and do this? We are take, you know, we are takers more than we are givers. And that's why the economy of grace. Okay, we actually had that word now. Ephesians three two, it says here. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, that Greek word dispensation, it, one of its meanings is economy, right? If you go and uh, in, in today, in the, in the Greeks, they use this very word to describe their economy. So today is if we, we use the English word economy to speak of our economy. And 
what the word they used for that same description was this word. Dispensation or economia, the economy of God's grace. And what is the best thing that you can do for an economy? Is don't withhold the thing that must flow. You see? So, the, the economy amongst us suffers because we are more takers than we are givers. But when we become givers, distributors, right? Distributors. Then what happens is, is that the economy of grace thrives and what happens to us all is that we are built up by that grace. Grace edifies. Right? Grace builds. <clears throat> grace will make you what you should become. Right? So if everybody is focused on giving instead of taking, we will enrich our economy. Okay? Right? In, in every area, right? I'm not just now speaking financially, but I'm speaking about every area. The experience of God will be tangible, right? So that's why, this, that's why the scripture would say in, in Corinthians chapter 14, when you come together, how is it that one has a prophecy? One has a word of knowledge. One has a tongue. And he says, let all of this done to, to the edification of the body. In other words, take whatever God has given you and distribute. But we are, but poverty, the literal poverty that you experience, causes you to develop a mindset that you are a taker. So you develop a mindset where you want more than what you give. Okay? Right? So, but we have to step into the stewardship of grace. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful way to function with God. Right? Even healing. Let's, let's go there. Um, Matthew. Matthew chapter 10. Tell the person next to you, I'm going to phone you later because I've got something to give you. <laughs> Why are you laughing about that? <laughs> Why? Because usually we say, I'm going to phone you later. Then it's like, can you need for me? It's here me. <laughs> right? Right? Give. <laughs> right? Okay. So Matthew chapter 10. I hope I can find it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Uh, let's read verses 8. Matthew chapter 10 and verses 8. This is the apostles and he's sending them out. Jesus' apostles, his disciples, and he's now ordained them and he's sending them out. Now uh, listen here. Look what he says. Heal the sick. He's saying to his 
the disciples that he's now recently ordained as an apostle, that you read in verse 1 and 2, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Greek word, grace, you have received, grace, give. In, in what? Healing. So, so, in other words, if you understand that healing works freely, right? You, you have to receive it as grace. Are you all with me? Right? It's giving of grace. Tell the person next to you, I'm ready to give. I say, I'm stepping out of poverty. Of its mindset. And I'm entering into the mindset of grace. You see, we are now exiting and entering. Right? Yeah, we wanted to get here. It took us 12 sessions to get here. Right? So, grace must be given. So, can you see when I am... So, if I have the gift of healing, I cannot say, now if you give me a... If you, if you sow $50, then I'll heal you. No. That's not how it works. It's, it's free. That's why even my preaching is free. It's a pleasure. <laughs> even my preaching is free. I make it without charge. Go to our website. Teachings are free. Because we're giving freely. Right? Okay? So, grace. Grace. Right? Okay, so let's go back to Corinthians. Are you all with me? The atmosphere is changing. It's changing. Right? Okay. Second Corinthians chapter 8. Okay. That verse is 9 again. So, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus. So what was Jesus doing? Everything he was doing was being given freely. And the people had to respond in faith to receive the free gift that he was distributing. But wherever he tried to give and there was a dishonor towards him, that which he gave freely could never come to the receiver. Right? Okay? So there is a receiving part that you must do. But the principle that Paul is explaining to the Corinthians is this. You all have received grace. What must you do? Work it, baby. Okay? It might be the last Sunday I will say it like that. <laughs> Work it. Work it. Grace. Work. Give. Just Can I heal you? Can I pray for you? Can I encourage you? Can I give you? Can I spend some time with you? Oh. Give. 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 It's more blessed to give than to receive. In other words, 
there's something that happens to you as well when you give. It has an effect upon you as well when you give. You understand? Right? Sometimes your friends are not growing, your circle of friends are not growing because you're not smiling. Don't be as serious as I am. Right? You never know if you smile, you might make a friend. Do you understand? We must give. Give. Tell the person that you give. So what happens is that the other person gets enriched, but at the same time God enriches you to, to be more rich in giving. Because I'm focused on my stewardship. Okay? Alright? And then verses, verses 10 says, For ye and I give it my advice. So the basic principle of what Jesus did, he had grace that meant whatever he took that was in him and gave it to them that did not have, he gave it freely. He gave it undeservedly. You didn't deserve that smile from me, but I gave it to you anyway. Right? You didn't deserve that hug from me, but I gave it to you anyway in the spirit of grace. Whenever I do something in that spirit of grace, it cannot come, it it has an effect on the other person. Right? Are you all with me? So, let's uh, let's now go back to verses, uh, verses 2. How long have I been busy? 10 minutes. Time flies when you're working with grace. Okay. So, that in a great trial affliction. So, this scripture is showing you that grace is seen. When you see somebody healing another person, you know that grace is working. You can see it. Right? Okay? So, um, for, for example, I think, what's it, Smitty, you minutes two weeks, two weeks ago. So when Smitty stands here, he has a grace. He has a grace to minister to people. And you can see it. So when you can see it, then you have faith for that grace to work. But when you cannot see it, because, you know, I don't like what Smitty is doing lately these days with his beard. That's so bookie he saw your honor. It's so a grace hariki. I can make a joke like that to the I know he's okay. <laughs> right? But you understand, I don't like the I don't like that little master that little book dingiki da owner. So I say no, my friend. Then I can't see the grace. Because I'm offended with the vessel. Uh, you like that, you know. 
My man's getting to stand so he can show you his bokeh. <laughs> right. So, you got to be able to honor the person so that you put in your heart a place, an openness to receive. If you, if you want, then you must give honor. Right? So again, this whole principle of giving and in this working of giving, 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 whatever I do, give, give. Uh, what this means is if you understand the way that you were saved, then you should understand how to work with grace. Because were you not saved freely, undeservedly, that's how you received your salvation. The grace of the Lord that saved you. So how should you work with grace? So the manner in which... So what I'm saying to you here is this. That if you are not a giver, then you don't really understand your salvation. Because you don't understand the manner in which you've received it. You've been forgiven freely. But you don't want to give forgiveness. You don't understand your forgiveness. You don't understand the forgiveness that came to you from the Lord Jesus. So your giving tells me that you understand your salvation. Because that's what he is saying. Right? So, so the point out of verse 2 is... That, that grace is seen and it doesn't matter the circumstance. If you can know the grace that is in you and you work it, it will produce joy. Even in difficulties. Right? Um, uh, and, even, and even in your poverty, if you know how to work with grace, you will find yourself abounding in that ability to give. They were abounding in their ability to give. Okay? Verses 3. So I guess I'm going to just find out how long I was speaking. I'm not, I don't know. Verse 3. For to their power I bear record, yes, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. So, if I bear witness according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability. So, they, what they had, now we're talking about literally what they had. Right, remember? What's happening in this chapter is that they were literally, right, we are not talking about a prayer that they gave. We are not talking about an encouragement that they gave, we are now talking about a literal offering that they gave. Right? But which was the grace that was at work. And then he says, for I bear them witness according to their ability. So say for example, you only earn a thousand and a million dollars. Remember they had extreme poverty. Paul says, I want to explain something to you. I want you to know what's happening here in Macedonia. These guys have got less than what you have. 
Yet, they are abounding in their giving. Right? And he says, according to him, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. So sometimes they went even beyond their ability. There have been times when I emptied my account. I mean, I've got, got many, many testimonies. I can write a book on just, and they're all just testimonies of the faithfulness of God. You see? Or is it an hour? Okay, thank you. So, but you guys don't look like you're tired. <laughs> Work it. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll bring, like I said, I'm not going to try and finish the message. We'll pick it up. We're going to build it. Build it. Beyond their ability, they were freely willing. So they were, they were ready. It was from their hearts. Right? Okay? And this is sometimes the challenge. That when you are in poverty, that the challenge is to get you to give. Right? Because, why? I mean, I need. Why should I give? Paul says, I'm telling you this for your advantage. It profits you, right? Beyond the ability, and they were freely willing. Okay? So, verses 4. Imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift. Greek word for gift here is? Chorus. Grace. So, these, this, Paul says, I'm here in Macedonia. Man, these guys got, if you think you've got challenges, these guys got challenges. If you think you're poor, you don't have these guys. But I'm seeing something here that really impresses me. And I want you to know of what's happening here. I can see it. And then he says, and he says, these guys, they came to us. With urgency. And said. Please. Receive. This. Grace. We have an offering. We want to give it. We gave it freely. From our own will. Because we understand. How grace works. We have freely received grace from our Lord Jesus. And we understand that freely gives so that we can live in the grace of our Lord. Right? And he says, receive this grace, please. They were with urgency. You know, many times, you know, to be honest, if I see you struggling, I really struggle to tell you to give. Do you understand what I'm saying now? If I see you don't have, but I know that giving is a key, I really battle to tell you, give. Uh, maybe I must repent today. My confession. Because it's the last thing I would tell you to do. Yet I know it's what you must do. It's one of the things. Right? And, and seriously, that's why in this house, is how, I don't know how long, it's been more than 10, 50, I have not once 
actually taught giving. I have attempted, I have never gone that far. Is that true? So I, I struggle with that. I struggle to tell people to give. Only if I have a very good relationship with you and I know that you will trust what I'm saying, will I tell you that. But, but, and so Paul, I think Paul's having this issue. He sees these guys have poverty and they coming and saying, please, they are begging Paul to receive it. And Paul's like, yes, guys, you're already struggling. Now you want to give. Right? And he's having a battle with that. And so they had to plead with him. Another translation says they begged them. Right? I don't know what this King James says. This says they were praying with much entreaty. In other words, like, you know, that's that type of prayer. Say, praying with much entreaty. Paul, come on, man. Take it. Take it. Right? You feel like, yo, can you know fat when he means any? You know? And then he says, receive the gift, and the word for gift is grace. So, what is the grace that's working here? What is the grace that's working here? The grace of giving physical, materially, financially, right? And the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. In other words, we want to participate as you go about working with the saints. We also want to participate and do our part in that, in that helping the need and, and giving grace. Like when I went to Tumeb. Someone came to me and said, I have a box here. I want to send it to our brothers there. What was I carrying? Grace. And if I opened the box and, okay, I don't know what was in there. I didn't open it. Right? But let's say there was food. If we open up afterwards. I think there was food in I'm not sure. Something. But anyway. If we took it and we ate it along the way, how many of you know that was the unfaithful administration of grace? You see, the, these scriptures now make sense. Thank God for the administration of this gift. You see, in other words, now the scriptures start to make sense. Right? The fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Verses 5. I'll end over this one. And not only as we hoped. So, he was hoping that they, would, that they would step into this, right? And then they did. And then what they did was, they went beyond what he had hoped. And it says, but they first gave themselves to the Lord, and then to us by the will of God. So here's one of the reasons, also one of the reasons why we are not givers. Because we have not given ourselves fully to the Lord. The starting point, they gave themselves first. In other words, they were the first fruit.
And the Bible says the first fruit impacts the rest. If the first fruit is holy, then the lump is holy. So there's a principle that if you give yourself first holy, what you are doing is you are saying, my whole life is now going to be leavened by what I just did. So, the question here, before we get even into the the giving now, is have you given yourselves wholly, completely to the Lord? You've got to understand what you are saying. What we are saying now, we are saying now, not, I give my heart to Jesus and I'm saved, which is fine. But then times we do that, then we say, You know, what's that, that, that gospel song? <laughs> I like that song, I keep listening to it. It's a, it's a, it's a nice gospel song. Like, and it's a, Khansuntu. <laughs> You know, you guys know that song. I put it up on the on the on the WhatsApp group. I like that one. Huh? Yeah, the problem gaan soon too. You know, like Jesus, I give yourself, I give my heart to you, but this eh gaan soon too. Blame it, daso. Don't go here, right? No, give yourselves, give yourselves, give everything, first fruit yourself. First fruit yourself so that God can leaven your life. That's why many times things are just not working out the way it should. Because you haven't come to the place of full surrender and giving yourself wholly unto the Lord. That's what's also hindering growth. Okay? Let's stand. So, you are to give yourself. I think it's a fitting place to stop. The Lord will not take your life. Even though He has purchased your life. And you are His possession. But He seeks that you would give yourself wholly to Him. No area of your life must be out of Don't put a bouncer there. You have access, Lord, to every area. However you speak, right? Let's just close our eyes. As you are there, you know, I can sense that God is speaking. I can just sense that I know He's speaking. I know we have to end here.
You have to give yourself freely. I cannot take it from you. And Jesus will not take it from you. But you must give yourself. For how long have you held yourself, a part of yourself back? And have not given yourself fully and completely. can just sense maybe you'd like to do an action you say I'm giving myself all of me to the Lord you just come forward and if you haven't given your life to Jesus yet as your savior won't you do it today time to give everything to him we've given it in the past but we've given it with certain restrictions and so on 